Welcome to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also join us every Sunday morning at 10.30am at Mosley Pavilion. Now for the message. Did the age-old joke, don't be alarmed. Please know that it is not a fire alarm. This is not a rehearsal, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It is an intruder alarm. (laughs) You could super spiritualize that bad boy, couldn't you? Um, It's going to happen throughout the message, so I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I was thinking, don't be alarmed, it's a new year, it's an alarm going off, it's a new year. I think just it's an intruder alarm that's faulty. <laughs> so welcome to Destination Church Belfast. Hey! Has it been a good year? Did you have a good Christmas? Good. Um, Claire was banging the drum, and we want to do that a bit more, just about the, the reaching out as he does his voice down again. Um, you you want to look at the people that are in your life. And like I was talking with one of Claire's cousins and uh, just kept getting the nudge of like, tell him that he lives in England. Just tell him about the podcast. And I said, look, we do podcasts. And he was like, I would love to listen in the podcasts. So just keep it light, keep it easy. You want to invite people to come along, just invite them to come along. And if they say no, what odds? So just be, be free to do that. So as Claire already said, Mark, who's sicky bad and not here today, he's going to be given his prophetic sense of the year ahead next week, the 6th. Can you believe it for 2019? We're going to look a little bit at the, do you remember, Catalambano, year of opportunities to Catalambano, a year of reorientation and a year of realignment. Do you remember those from January? Uh, So we're going to look a little bit at those. So then uh, on the 13th, I'll be given my sense of the year. And then when Andrew returns from Phoenix, he'll be giving his sense of the year. Now, Phoenix is our annual. This is really annoying, isn't it? More annoying for me? Okay, good. So the Phoenix... uh, So Dr. Dennis, Dennis Bournes, who's been with us, the granddaddy of Destination Church Belfast, every year he calls all the leaders that he's in relationship with to a leadership summit in Arizona. Um, And I've been lots of times, Claire and I have been several times, it's brilliant. So Andrew, uh, Mark and Nathan and a few others are going to be away at that. Andrew goes on Friday. So when he comes back then on the 20th, he's going to be given his sense of the year as well. So have you found benefit from having a sense of what the year's about? Have you applied it? And that can be that can sound like you have to sit and study it, and you can do that. But it can be as simple as, right enough, this is a year of opportunity. Does it cause you to think, well, I'm not sure whether I agree with it, if it's a year of opportunity? Or is that an opportunity? Or what does it mean to Catalambano? What does it mean to grab hold of that? Or what's realignment? What does it mean to be reorientated? For me, it depends on the quality of the relationship I have with the people who are delivering those words. So if you know and you trust and love those people, then it's much easier to receive what they're saying. Now, we all get it wrong, but I would testify that I've had all of those three things in my life this past year. So what I would encourage you to do is, if you are one of those people that finds benefit in taking notes or writing it down, for me, sometimes when I just write things down, it helps it go in, whether I lose the notes or not. It's just the process of writing it down that helps. But I would encourage you to do that on those three Sundays. So I hope you've had a lovely Christmas. Yes. Did you get some nice presents? Yes. 
Yes, Claire did get some nice presents. Um, yes, it was awkward. It's all right. We're still in love. Um, if you had a difficult Christmas or this was your first time without someone that you loved, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that that was the case. But please know that Jesus is with you. And that can sound like a very trite statement. But what we're discovering is that that's actually a reality. He's never going to leave you physically and never emotionally going to abandon you. So uh, please know that. So here we are, 2018, the cusp of the beginning of 2019. And as I trolled through the internet, we have a year of Brexit. In the past, soft borders, hard borders, Theresa May. There's part of me just wants to hug that woman every time I see her. The Winter Olympics were held in Pyeongchang in South Korea. China, the Chinese government approved, this is interesting, the Chinese government approved a constitutional change that removed term limits to its leaders, granting Yang Jinping the status of president for life. I don't think America are ever going to do that currently. Vladimir Putin is elected for a fourth term as Russian president. Haven't heard an awful lot about him at the minute. Don't know what's happening there. Uh, the 2018 Commonwealth Games were held in the Gold Coast in Queensland in Australia. Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, and Prince William welcomed their third child, Prince Louis. Louise, not Louise, Louis. Kim Jong-un crosses into South Korea to meet with President Moon Jae-in. Why did I pick all these names? Becoming the first North Korean leader to cross the demilitarized zone since its creation in 1953. That's news. Huge. Prince Harry marries the American actress Meghan Markle. The two are titled the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. And few football fans, 2018 FIFA World Cup is held in Russia and is won by France. Britain endures a lengthy heat wave with temperatures topping 35.3 degrees in Faversham in Kent. And Apple Incorporated becomes the world's first public company to achieve a market capitalization of 1 trillion US dollars. My goodness. And God is still in charge. DCB 2018, the powers that be let me marry Christian couples. Yay! Pete and Ashley, you were the only two not to cheer. <laughs> Yay! Thank God for the alarm. Uh, so I got to marry or be involved in the marriage of three, three couples. And we had our first two baby dedications, which was just phenomenal as well. And we know that the peoples, my goodness, can draw a crowd. What a crowd. If you'd like to have more children, we will dedicate them <laughs> until the cows come home. And I have to say that they were some of my biggest joys in the year. The joy of uh, getting to dedicate a child and prophesy over them. And also then believing in the couples that you're marrying is just quite wonderful as well. So that was great. We had prophetic messages. We looked at putting off and putting on. We looked at seeking to speak. Do you remember that one? If you seek to speak, you'll, just have, you'll not have anything to say. But if you actually seek and go after God, you will have something to say. We looked at worship again, which is going to be part of our staple diet for a long time. Nathan says, amen. And then following the leader. So I, from one of our suppliers in work, I was given a gardening book. Love a gardening book, sad but true. And in it, it was talking about January. And this woman's been gardening for 30 to 40 years, so she knows what she's talking about. You know, all these ones are like, they give you the most ridiculous things to do. You're never going to have time to do. But someone who's been doing it, had normal life and been gardening, they know what they're talking about. They know how to cut down raspberry canes. For those of you who appreciate that, you appreciate that. In it, she was talking about January, and she said, in ancient Roman religion and myth, Janus, pronounced Janus, is the god of beginnings. 
Gates, transitions, time, duality, doorways, passages, and endings. He is usually depicted as having two faces since he looks to the future and he looks to the past. At this point, some of people in the podcast are going, mm, is this paganism now that we're talking about? Well, what does the Bible say about looking backwards and looking forwards? The, the idea of the God Janus, not, we don't believe in all that, but the idea of at the start of the year we have to look backwards and we have to look forwards. Does that make sense to anybody else? Because you kind of have to know where you've been to be able to understand something of where you might be going. Yes, got a few head nods. But what's most important is it's like the Buddhist concept of the eternal moment. And they don't, you know, what is pain and what is this and all that. The eternal moment, you put Jesus Christ into that thought, we continually dwell in an eternal moment with Jesus Christ. It is never not now with Jesus Christ. Yes and amen. Because it's always now with Jesus Christ and it's always an eternal moment with the presence of Jesus Christ, we don't need to be afraid. His grace is always going to be enough. You say, if that happened to me, I could never deal with that. Mm -mm -mm, Not true. Because it's always the eternal moment with Jesus Christ. Now, the Buddhist concept is in the absence of Jesus, so we don't want anything to do with that. This idea of standing in the gateway at the cusp of a new year, at the end of one year to start another, and looking forwards and looking backwards, we want to go, okay, what does God say about this? So let's have a look. So Deuteronomy 8.2, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandment or not. Isaiah 46, 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Now here's a game changer. This is from Isaiah 43, 18 to 20. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Then this is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. In the same way, after supper, you could all finish this one. He took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Philippians three thirteen to 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own or I have made it. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then this is Malachi 3.16. I love this verse. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. So the Bible says, Claire Porter, both and. So we've got to forget and we've got to remember and we've got to look forwards and sometimes we've got to look back before we can look forwards and forget the thing that we remembered and we've got to remember the thing that we forgot and stand in the future while we're in the present and sometimes stand in the past while we're in the present before we can go forward into the future. Yes and amen. Have you found that about God? You say to God, what shall I do? And he goes, No. Yes. And our brains go, poof. What? What do you mean? To God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. You want to be first, you be last. You want to have everything, you have nothing. Like, how do you work with a guy like that? As Graham Cook said. Well, we want to remember our history with God, don't we? And we want to remember the testimony of Jesus Christ in our lives. 
And yet there's areas of pain and difficulty that are unhealed, unresolved. They're opportunities waiting for the grace of God. Or are they just hurt and awful and it's never going to get any better? And we're just going to let them run riot into our future. Because I've always been rejected, I always will be rejected, and that's just the way it is. So it better just make do. That's life in it. It's not at all. It sounds a whole heap like death to me. So this idea that these areas of pain and difficulty that are unhealed and unresolved, we all have them, every one of us being opportunities that are waiting to be healed to experience the grace of God. Is that unrealistic thinking or is that actually transformed thinking? We've got to think with hope present. Bill Johnson says that any area of your life that does not have hope is under the influence of a lie. So any place where you're sitting thinking, Remember this verse, Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. You know those things that you think about and you just think, well, you're in the presence, ladies and gentlemen, of a deceitful tongue and you don't want that because any area in your life that does not have hope is under the presence and influence of a lie because love always protects, always trusts and always hopes. It always perseveres. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. So at different points in our lives, we have to look backwards. As he points, get it wrong. We have to look seamless. Backwards, to able to, look, to walk forwards because the wounds we received in the past are affecting the present. This, this is another one of those. I look at Tishy and Tishy's like, no, no, we're there. We just need a moment, okay? So we're walking in Newton Arts yesterday because Claire and I had a night together in a hotel. It was lovely, wasn't it? She's just nodding. It was lovely. Um, and mom and dad were looking after Anna and Isaac. So we went back to collect them. And then Claire said, why don't we go into Newton Arts? So we went into Newton Arts and I am flooded with a rush of emotions of not like, <laughs> just like memories and being certain ages and walking past certain places and things that happened. And there was at one point where I thought, just get me out of here. I just, I don't, I'm not that. I don't have that much affection for what happened then. And actually, what happened then doesn't exist other than within me. And what was within me from the past was urging me to rush out from what could be. And I have two children. They know nothing of that stuff. And I get to rewrite a new future with them in that moment. So what happened in the past then starts to affect me in the present and steals away what actually could be possible. And little do I know, now I'm not talking about this with Newtonards, but follow me. Little do I know that if I stay in the place that's uncomfortable because it's bringing up the difficulties from the past, if I stay, God has brought me to that place because he wants to heal, restore, rebuild, and create something new that didn't exist And he will touch on the brokenness back there so that it is no longer septic, infected, and having an influence on what is happening right here and right now. Does that make sense? Sometimes our determination to remember is so rooted in fear that it is in our forgetting that God brings freedom. Know the things that keep coming back to you and won't go away. And sometimes we think, well, and I've had those thoughts lots, Maybe that's just the way it is. No, no, it's not. When there's a thought that we covered this in the Mind Matters, quick plug, if you're listening via podcast, it's lovely to have you. But there's a series on Mind Matters. If you have a thought that is pushing you in a direction, tell me, is that what God would do with you? 
he's much more likely to say, come on. And if you say, no thanks, he'll go, okay. Terrifying part about him. But the enemy will come and go, just push, push, drive, shove, push, push, until you're so uncomfortable and under so much pressure that you just yield yourself to it and you just go, I can't be bothered with this. Surely it's easier than that. No, no one ever said that. Surely if this was God, it would be easier. Surely relationships should be easier. Surely jobs should be easier. Surely money should be easier. Surely finding clothes that fit should be easier. Trying to identify with women. Trying very hard. <laughs> you just can't find clothes that fit me. I had something like that once and I loved it and then I gave it away and it was your fault that you gave it away. <laughs> loved that. But you asked me what I thought. I know, but you but I love that. <laughs> Every area of your life that does not have hope is under the influence of a lie. So how does God heal the hurts of our past? Well, hurt people hurt people. We know that. Like if I'm hurt, I'm going to hurt somebody else. And we often do that without being aware of that, where it's not like we sit there and think, I'm hurting, I'm just going to hurt you. Oof. Because we're hurt, we don't know how to act, and it just keeps coming and keeps going. And we often want to clear away the spider's web when God wants to kill the spider, don't we? So we're like, oh, there's another spider's web. Get it? <laughs> this should be more manly than that. <laughs> just, a, just a little gentle touch there in the corner. Just that bit there. Oh, there it is. What's that bit there? But we do, don't we? We just deal with the, the surface issue and we'll go, well, that keeps happening. Maybe if we could just deal with that and just replace it. And con- cognitive behavioral treatments about that kind of stuff. So you just replace the behavior rather than actually deal with it. And I know that from meeting with lots of you, there's lots of things that we want to deal with, don't we? We want to get this out of our life. And if we could just get this behavior out of our life, then everything would be okay. But what we don't know is that three feet under the ground in our hearts is the root of something of where we've been hurt and where there's pain. And whether we actually cut it off at the top and it looks all fine and dandy for a couple of months, after a while that thing's going to start to resurface. And our superficial attitude to this stuff is God just clear away the cobwebs and it'll be all right. When God's after the spider, we don't want to find the spider. We don't even want to know that there is a spider. And we're like, what would we do if we found a spider? And for those of you that hate spider, this analogy is horrific. But would it not be better to live in a place where cobwebs aren't even a thought because there's no spider to even create them? So what reoccurring... Sorry, I'm sorry I'm going to ask this. But what reoccurring issues are there in your life? When we remember, we want to remember with our spirit in charge. When we forget, we want to forget with our spirit in charge. And we've got to distinguish between our soul and our spirit. And we do this through the lens of Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. Please remember this verse, Hebrews 4.12. We've quoted a lot. For the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. So you get the word of God and you will be able to discern between whether it is your soul that wants to remember something. Every Christmas I find it so hard to let go of the comfort and sweetness and light. And somehow I forget about the difficulty and hassle of Christmas. The, oh, it's lovely Christmas and the twinkly lights and I've got to go back to normal life. And I have to discipline my soul to go, get on with it, Colin. Because there's more that lies ahead than is in the memory of 
listening to John Rutter's Christmas carols and sweet gifts and all that kind of stuff. All of that stuff tarnishes and dies. But we've got to divide between our soul and our spirit. Why is the discernment necessary? Because our spirit connected to the spirit will parent the soul. Have you noticed that for most of us, the things that are really difficult, unless it starts to cause us pain, we're not going to change it. And Dennis refers to this as an SSRE, which is a soul shock reaction event. Saul on the road to Damascus, blinded by a light, rendered blind, hears a voice, soul shock reaction event. There's a trauma that comes. Something breaks down, something falls apart, something happens. And what we have wanted in our soul is give me all the chocolate that I can eat, right? Ah, just Cadbury's everywhere. Ah, stuck to the walls and all this kind of stuff. And you get up and there's some stuck to your sock and stuck to your forehead. Ah, and you've just eaten and it's been amazing. And then afterwards, here it goes again. It's nearly a new year. And then afterwards, you feel sick and you're like, oh, oh, why did I eat all that? And it's, ugh. And if it's a child, the child will go, Mommy, Daddy, why am I feeling so sick? This is so awful. When we have one of those times and we are given what we want in our souls, we get objective. Where's God in all this? Why would God do this to me? Hold on, buddy. Three weeks ago, you were declaring that you were an atheist. Why are you looking for someone who doesn't exist? Why? Because the soul looks to the parent of the spirit to be able to parent it out of the difficulties that it's got itself into. So in these moments of remembering and looking forwards, we have to be connected to the spirit and our spirits, the parent, the soul, okay? So here we go. Let me say these two phrases. Love remembers what fear forgets, and love forgets what fear remembers. So love remembers what fear forgets. God's faithful. He was faithful in that circumstance. He will be faithful in this one. Have you ever noticed that it's work to get to that place when something happens or there's lack or the washing machine goes or it's tight that month or whatever it is or you're required to do something that in that moment it doesn't spring to mind right then and there. Well, look, God was faithful then. He's going to be faithful now. Love remembers what fear forgets. And then love forgets what fear remembers. I was hurt and not healed, and I will be hurt again. You're with me on that, aren't you? Love forgets what fear remembers. And remember that it's perfect love that drives out fear. 1 John 4.18, and it drives it out even from your past. You see, we work with a God who is outside of time. If you were able to time travel, right, would you not want to deal with the root issues and the situations that happened in the past and the absence of your presence, fully knowing that your presence is the thing that could bring healing? Well, God is not restricted to time. Therefore, when you give him your yes, the whole of you and your existence gives him your yes. And what you'll find out that he does is he brings healing to what happened way back when. Even if it was that when you were conceived and your conception was found out about that you were instantly rejected because there was a poverty-mindedness and they didn't know how they were going to provide. And you're completely unaware of that. God is aware of that. And God knows what was spoken over you. And God knows the influences that were present that you had no say over. And if you let him, he will go back and bring healing to those things. 
He will bring healing to the wounds you received as a child that still affect you to this day. He'll heal damage and trauma and he'll make you whole and you'll enjoy being you. He is the healer and there is no other. So we don't dismiss pain or difficulty. If we make mistakes, we own them. If we don't understand, we don't lean on it. We lean on him, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. But we do shout out to God for understanding, Proverbs 2, 3 to 6, because understanding releases grace and our knowing, really knowing and really understanding is the truth that will set us free. Have you found that? Sometimes when you get a bit of information that you did not have, sometimes you go, I didn't know. Have you all had that moment? I didn't, I didn't understand that. Oh, that makes so much sense. Ever uttered that one? That makes so much sense. When you know that, you're instantly set free and in a process of being set free. And this is God's promise to you. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In the absence of relationship with Jesus, you and humans in general cannot bring good from pain, trauma, or damage. It is not possible. It's just not. And if you thought that you were able to do it of yourself, you'd step into pride. Look at me. I have brought healing. I am a healer. I have healed myself. Pride, pride is twisting and wooden in this if ever there was one. So all things are possible with God. So remembering, how do we remember? How do you remember? Do you remember? As Claire was saying, do you think at the end of the year, well, what happened? What was good about this year? What was difficult? What's still there that's still hurting? Well, how you remember is that we don't forget. So do you journal? Whenever there are significant things that happen, do you have a book that you can go to and write down and say, do you know, I discovered this about God. He's really, really, really good. If you're really, really struggling, I guarantee you that the life present and the understanding that you put on those pages will leap out at you and start to do something to you. God's words to us are timeless. So write it down. And actively at the end of each year, remember and drink in the moments. So on Christmas Eve, I got my wee book and we were sitting somewhere. And Claire said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm just writing down all the, the memories and things that have happened. And one of them was, we figured out how to use the slow cooker this year. I was sharing this with Russell. Honestly, it's been amazing. It's really affected our family life. We can put on a ball nice and we saunter in and we just pop on the spaghetti and get a wee bit of naan bread. Naan bread would be our item of choice, wouldn't it, love? We pop it on and there you are. There's a family meal. Not a whole heap of stress right there. Now you've got to clean out your slow cooker, but what a small price to pay. We had an unexpected trip to Bordeaux to marry Pete and Ashley. We've had lots of unexpected things happen this year. We had some things that didn't happen. There were some things that were painful and there were some things that were wonderful. And I'm not, of course, going to go into all of them. But what happened to you? What did God do with you? I got a new job. That was great. That's been good for our family. What's happened to you? And we forget it all. You start this process and you involve God in the process and you will be amazed. Now, what you don't want to do is to compare yourself in any way to anybody else. So whatever you remember, whether it's just getting carpet in or getting a new car, or whether it's that you had a cup of coffee in a conversation with someone, whatever it is that was significant for you, like a slow cooker. I have to say that does it for me. 
I love that stuff. I love how practical cooking is. God, how do we stop there being tension in our family? Get yourselves a slow cooker. (laughs) God wouldn't do that. He's more serious than that. He's definitely way more serious than we understand. And because he's way more serious than we understand, he's a heck of a lot more fun and funny and gets it done by something daft like a slow cooker. And Claire's got so sick of me this Christmas saying, anybody want the ham? She's like, stop offering people hams. Why am I offering the hams? Because I use my slow cooker, I put a honey glaze on it, stick it in the oven, and it's a beautiful thing, all right? It does it for me. It's a slow cooker. That's one of the things I remember about the year. I'm giving you that one because so that you'll listen to whatever God brings up to you. It doesn't always have to be massive in terms of what the world says massive is. What if this whole world that's topsy-turvy in the kingdom, the smallest things of finding the toothpaste that changes your world could affect you more than some an angel appearing to you? God, just give me an angel. No, I'm not going to. Here's a slow cooker. <laughs> God's memory is better than ours, so involve him in the process. And I was telling you that I started last Monday, and uh, here's some of the things that I had. Conversations, friends, changing jobs, moments with Claire, moments with her children, provision we've had, fun we've had, our holiday together, building the boy and man cave. That was brilliant. This year, we really learned how to use a slow cooker. I put that in. Go on, man, send again. It was wonderful. <laughs> God is behind the individual brushstrokes as much as he's behind the whole painting. So don't miss the simple brushstrokes, okay? Live your lives aware of the activity of God. And part of this discipline of this looking back and looking forwards and remembering is that you're going to be aware of what he's been doing in your life. And if he brings something to mind, you think, I don't know what there is about that. Ho-ho. I don't know what that, why would I remember that? Keep asking your questions. It's the glory of God to hide a matter and conceal it. And it's your glory as royalty in him to search it out and to find it. And when we remember with God, it causes thankfulness to rise up from our hearts and out of our mouths. Do you not think he's happy when I'm like, thank you, love, I know how to do that. Do you not think those simple, fun things That's relationship as much as the big stuff. What does remembering do? Causes thankfulness. We become aware of his faithfulness. We become expectant for the future. Hope is present. Faith arises. Our relationship with God deepens in intimacy. And we learn more of his ways. How he does things. We learn to love. Fear is displaced. And we begin to live life as God knows it. Which Jesus came to give us. Which is John 10.10. Which is Claire's birthday at October 10.10. Life in all its fullness. We start to remember and we start to live it. So this year in DCB. Year of opportunity. In which we have to cattle lambano those opportunities. Did you do that? A year of reorientation moving us, moving things in our lives. And it might not have been about you. It might have been about chess pieces moving into position so that you could move into position. And realignment, a year of realignment. Things move out of place and they move into their proper place. Remember, there's three parts. There's revelation, what God gives you. There's the interpretation as to what it means. And there's the application as to what it means in your life. And we've got to participate in the process. Nathan, can I get you guys up? And this is uh, Matthew 10, 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. So what's a prophet's reward? 
So we're going to stand up in the next weeks that are coming and give you our prophetic sense of the year. And if you can receive what we're saying, you'll receive a reward. What do you think that that reward will be? Maybe I shouldn't answer that. I'd suggest to you that a prophet's reward is faith in the fulfillment of the prophetic word, living from heaven to earth rather from earth to heaven. So did you receive a prophet's reward this year? Did you let those prophetic words influence you in 2018? What opportunities did you lay hold of? I had one with work. So the job advertised. Remember, I thought, no, it's not really for me. I doubt that we would get that. Having a shower comes back to my mind. Why wouldn't I consider it? And I started to consider it. And as I started to give the suggestion, my yes, I thought, I wonder, is that one of those opportunities to Catalambano? Got myself in order, put it all together, and I got the job. The job has been wonderful for us as a family, really, really helpful and healthy for me as well. So what will you do differently with 2019? What will you do with the prophetic messages that we're going to give? You're going to go, oh, that was nice. Isn't that nice? Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, it's not lovely they do that and then just let them drift off. Are you going to go, okay, God, they're my leaders. I'm going to trust them. I want a reward. Okay, how do I apply this to my life? Life is always learning. You just got to realize that you're being taught. An experience in and of itself is not a great teacher. A valued experience is. So would you stand with me? And I want to read you this about the year ahead. And I'm sure you've all heard it before. King George gave it as a part of his, I think it was his Christmas message. And it's by a lady called Minnie Louise Haskins. And the title given to it by her was God Knows. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So what are we going to do? We've covered some ground this year. I think personally for a lot of us, we've overcome some things. We've realized some things. We've seen things about ourselves that we like and some things that we struggle with. But what will we do with this year ahead? So as always, I have some questions to help you to respond. Do you want to learn to remember God's activity in your life this year gone past? And also, at the same time, do you need to forget the hopelessness that's been in your past? either specifically in 2018 or just in your past in general. And then finally, do you want to live expectantly for what God will do in 2019? If you can answer yes to any of these questions or you just want ministry, please come and join me now at the front. Lord that we would be alarmed we'd be alarmed to wake up to what you've been doing in our lives this year and also Lord that we would wake up to the fresh new year that's just about to come on us so will you come in this moment Lord will you come
come and increase your presence and help us to do what we struggle with and also help us to do what we love. So come now, Lord. You've been listening to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information on our church, you can find us on the web on www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. Thank you for listening.